Hi, it's Mark Bittman, and welcome to Food. As always, you can email us at food at markbittman.com. We can and will respond. We're happy to hear from you with anything that you're thinking about. Please also subscribe to this podcast and rate us wherever you get your podcasts and consider subscribing too to our thrice weekly newsletter, The Bitman Project at bitmanproject.com. This week on The Bitman Project, you can read about the best way to cook mushrooms from Kerry Conan, how to make animal print bread, incredible photographs from Holly Haynes, Mike Diago's piece about taking his little kids and wife back to one of his favorite places in Colombia for food, family, and really joy, and my observations about the world in general. That's bitmanproject.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. 
We are so thrilled to have J.P. Park with us today. J.P. is the chef at, I think, four New York City restaurants now, originally and probably most famously Attaboy and Naro. And his food is really, really special. So when I found out that he was coming out with a book called simply The Korean Cookbook and co-written with the culinary researcher and longtime friend of his, of J.P.'s, Jung Yoon Choi, I couldn't wait to see it. And it is, it's a, it's really a classic. I said this to JP, you'll hear me saying it, but I feel like I've been waiting for a cookbook like this one for a really long time, a comprehensive Korean cookbook that doesn't cut any corners, really goes into depth, and is authoritative. So with this book, you'll learn all about rice and about the abundant vegetables of Korea, about pickling and other methods of preserving, of course, about banchan and how best to eat it. You know how wonderful it is to get a big bowl of rice and put your choice of banchan and condiments in there. Um, as JP says, it's like your own personal bibimbap, heaven. I have loved Korean food for a long time and um, have worked my way through many cookbooks, but this, is, this one is really a treasure. JP was born and raised in Korea. He's worked in England and Australia and France and was once interested in and was cooking French food. But luckily for us, he decided that he wanted to go back to his roots to Hanshek, which is Korean cuisine. Forgive my pronunciation, but that, even that took some practice. His love of his food is infectious. You'll see, here he is with me and Kate. And just one more word here. We are not going to read a recipe because many of these recipes are actually quite intricate, but we are going to post a couple on the website. We're going to post Napa cabbage kimchi, which is a sort of classic, straightforward, but again, quite intricate recipe for kimchi. And then for kimchi mandu, which is starts with kimchi and adds pork and um, tofu and seasonings and is a mandu or dumplings, of course. Sorry. So... Uh, dumplings stuffed with kimchi and pork and tofu. So those will be on our website, bitmanproject.com, and um, we'll talk about many different things in the course of this interview. Here we go. Thank you for joining us. Um, really happy to have you with us. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm very excited to be part of it. First of all, I just want to say congratulations. I, I know a little bit about Korean food, and I was an early an early New York fan, I guess, an early white American New York fan mm -hmm. of Korean food. I used to go to barbecue places when there were still wood, so that sort of dates me to some extent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is really, the Korean cookbook is really the comprehensive Korean cookbook I've been waiting for, and I think many people have been, and people who don't know that they were waiting for it have been waiting for it. So that's, congratulations on that. It's oh, really thank great. Thank you so much, yeah. Well, can you talk a little about the process of doing it? Because, you know, I've done some big cookbooks and mm -hmm. I know what goes into making them. I know it's not easy. And this is massive. This is a real, this is a real piece of work. Mm -hmm. So we start about talk with the Python team about from the three years ago. So we kind of developing the idea and about the Korean cookbook. And I realized I'm working in the restaurant as a you know, full time. So I've been kind of like a little bit hesitate about to say yes, because I, I thought it might be don't have time, enough time to prepare that on like in a good way. So I 
like contact with a uh, chef Jung Yoon Choi, which is the co-author of that cookbook. Is she's based in Korea. She's working as a, like the chef and also food like researcher under the Sampyo Company, which is one of the biggest uh, soy sauce company uh-huh. in Korea. And because I know her for a long time, and then I know she has like really good connection with the uh, different people based in Korea too, because uh, we like have a common sense, you know, about this kind of cookbook is not only about me and then Jung Yoon Cho, it's about generally need to cover whole Korea. So we, I just like talked to her and then to she understanding about all the process. And then she was also very excited to join the, you know, being as a co-author. So we just start to working from that time. And actually one thing most of we spend time with it is like how we can dividing about all the chapter is the first thing because uh, compared to other cookbook based on the you know other cuisine is they're usually dividing into the like salad or cold appetizer hot appetizer and main dish or side dish or dessert kind of section is kind of commonly using as it right and, but korean food is like a little bit different compared to others especially when you see the like korean table like the people how to eat it on the table you can see the like bowl of the rice and soup on the side. And then they're spreading of the all different banchan on the table together and they're sharing. So there's no specific order of the how to enjoying it. They just like having share everything at once together. So we take little time to how we can bring that kind of culture into the cookbook. So we like brainstorming about how we can divide into each chapter and then each chapter should have some which kind of recipe. So we can having that kind of brainstorming for almost like three months. Wow. That is taking a little time. And then actually writing down the recipe, of course, it's not easy. But at the same time, the I want to bring the recipe, which is very commonly using in Korea. You know, I don't want to make the recipes too like chef driven. You know, it needs to be is to following it need to be ingredient or so can is to find out in america and other international country as well so we kind of based on that idea we developing the recipe so developing the recipe also taking i think almost like year you know so it's a 350 recipe so because sometimes we like i made like 10 recipe in one day but sometimes it's like i I couldn't write in one, you know, <laughs> you know, so it's a kind of roller coaster, you know, so right. it's a lot of the kind of process to make it, but we finally made it and then also translate to the English because uh, me and the Jungyun, we writing down in Korea. Oh, you both wrote in Korean. Yeah. Wow. And we translate to the English as another chap, another part. And also taking the picture, also taking the ear because of, of the season. Like some of the ingredients is only can find out spring and right. some of the ingredients only can find out late fall or something. So we took the photo shoot three times in Korea. Do you mean she shot each section three times? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and also, also we traveled together to meet all different masters, like someone who based in, you know, Jeju Island, someone in base in like nearby the Busan, which is another city in Korea, and someone is like living in Gangwon-do. So we travel together like here and there in Korea to find out the, the master who've been working for the, our industry and the food for a long time. 
and then developing their own culture. I think that that is very important to showcasing that kind that person and their culture to how deep and how like there's like very beautiful like philosophy behind of the each one who has and how dedicating their work for the Korean food and not only about food in general culture in Korea. There's not a lot of compromises. It's you know you can tell that it's really got Korean flavor. It's not mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, so it's based on Hansik, which is Korean cuisine, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But let me just tell you a little story about Hansik. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. I like to try to pronounce things the way they're supposed to be pronounced, so I look up Hansik. Mm. So the first one, you press the little play button, and the guy goes, Hansik. And I go, <laughs> that doesn't sound like Korean at all. This guy uh-huh. doesn't speak Korean. And then the second one is more like Hanshi. Hanshi. Mm. Handshake. <laughs> <laughs> Handshake. Okay, that's easy. <laughs> okay, actually, sorry, Kate. Yeah, Did I say it wrong? Did I say, is it Hansik? I think the Hansik. 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 Okay. There you go. Well, so the two most important factors Mm -hmm. are plant-based and fermentation, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Can you tell us about, I I was really interested to read about the history of the two components. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk a little bit about that? So about the plant base, the Korea is the basically the peninsula country. So it's around by the sea. So we in Korea we've been using the, a lot of the seafood in base basically. But at the same time, there are so many mountains. About like sixty to seventy part of the Korea is basically mountain region. So we can get a lot of the different type of the seasonal vegetable and wild plant from the. The, you know, in, in nature easily. So basically it's developed in very like in organic way. And also same time at the Korea dynasty, which is the, one of the dynasties in Korea between the uh, Three Kingdom and between the Joseon. So at that time, the Korea religion is the Buddhism. So Korea themselves is like the Buddhism country at that time. So basically, all people is following their like Buddhism, like religion, even for the diet treasure. So at that time, a lot of people not eating the meat. So they're just like having the bowl of the rice and, you know, some different vegetable. And of course, some people just eating the meat as, you know, like secret. <laughs> because you know, <laughs> They like the flavor for sure. So. <laughs> But also in generally, the culture has been developed in the many way as a vegetable has been developing it. So maybe a lot of the people has like misconception about the Korean food is because it's known as like Korean barbecue or mm-hmm. very like spicy soup or you know stew kind of things. So of course, that is like big part of Korean culture. But at the same time, the Korea has a lot of the deep understanding about vegetable cuisine, like the plant base. And also about the fermentation, the Korean four season is pretty strong. Like the summer is really hot, winter is really cold. So like four season is like every time is like a little bit challenging, especially the winter time. Because uh, most of the big harvesting is definitely fall, you know. We harvesting the rice, we harvesting a lot of the fruit we harvesting a lot of the you know like root vegetable and something but winter is like really brutal cold 
So even we cannot find out a lot of the ingredients easily. So the, it's that kind of wet weather and that kind of nature is make the people thinking about how we can keep the all beautiful ingredient for a long time to surviving and also how they can enjoy in better way. So in Korea, we do a lot of the dehydration for the vegetable. So we basically dehydrate a lot of vegetable and then they rehydrate for the like winter season to using it. And also not only about dehydration, sometimes it needs to be salt cure. And some sometimes it needs to be like in a different way. So they are like naturally developing about fermentation. For example, the kimchi is uh, the original word from the kimchi is jimche, uh, is uh, which means almost uh, salt cured like vegetable. So it's basically lacto fermentation vegetable is the base of the kimchi. So we put some like some salt on the top of the mule dish or like cabbage and then the curing and then they're like preservation from the curing process. And then naturally the fermentation process is going on and they're having the lacto fermentation, like a little bit acid and kind of flavor is comes out. So they're kind of find out the kind of fermentation in natural way. And then the Korea also is known as using a lot of the rice in a different way. And rice is the main kind of our dish at the same time. And also making a lot of the alcohol is based on the rice. So they're also making the rice, cook the rice, and just using the some like pearl barley or something. And they're like with water and naturally fermented, it comes as alcohol. So they also find out how we can utilizing the all kind of leftover or we can use the, how the seasonal product can be preserving in a good way. So the Korean food has been developing through that. And also the one of the biggest fermentation technique in Korea has about how to ferment soybean. So that is basically, I think they start from the China and then moving to Korea like long, long times ago, like before the Three Kingdom area. And uh, even the one of the countries called Goguryeo, it's the north part of the Korea, has been making the soybean paste for a long time. And even some of the like old old book from the China is mentioned. Uh, uh, the Goguryeo, which is uh, one of the country in the Three Kingdom, made a really good quality soybean paste that is on the like already written on the long times of history book in China. So that means Korea is already developing a lot of the soybean technique at that time too. So that is technique we've been developing naturally the same way because uh, soybean is one of the kind of easy to grow up in Korea naturally. And also it has a lot of the protein contained. So as you know, like Korea has been not eating the animal a lot. So we usually taking the protein from the soybean is naturally kind of source for that. Soybean paste is my favorite part of banchan. Mm. And it, I mean, it's obviously similar to miso, but it's not. It doesn't taste the same. Yeah. Maybe you guys should have a brief discussion about banchan since it's the second time it's been mentioned. And I can't imagine that everyone listening to this knows what that word means. Yeah, it's my favorite part of Korean cuisine. Mm. It's, the, it's the best. Do you want to talk about it, JP? Do you want to talk about it a little bit? So banchan is definitely like, one of the biggest words as a Korean cuisine need to be bring up to the, you know, different culture. 
because uh, Korea, as I mentioned, is developing the our like table with a bowl of the rice and different banchan. So how the banchan has been developing because they want to eat rice as more tasty, you know. So rice is a basically it's very plain flavor. I mean, of course, it has a little bit sweetness comes from, and yes, like nearly like nice chewiness, and it's satisfying by themselves. But at the same time, with the banchan, it's make the rice more flavorful, more delicious. And so most of the banchan is using a lot of the fermentations like ganjang or denjang and gochujang base because the, that has really depth. And then depth comes from the umami flavor. And also then making the rice is more kind of enhancing the rice flavor as well. So banchan is basically very key core of the Korean cuisine culture, for sure. It's like a whole bunch of beautiful little snacks that mm-hmm. you can just mix however you want. I mean, it's I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. And of course, I've been to Korean barbecue and we have meat there. But even when there's meat, I just prefer the banchan and the soybean paste and with the rice and sometimes soup. It's just I love all those sides. Those vegetable mm-hmm. sides are just so good. Yeah. I mean, of course, the by themselves is like really shining each other. But also really fun fact about the banchan, you can combine two banchan on the top of the rice mm-hmm. and then you can mixing it. So you can create create your own mm. style of the, so you know, good. like different creation, you know, so. Yeah, you said something in the book about how you can create your own bibimbap by just yeah. sort of mixing everything or however suits you. Yeah. So, I mean, even, even when I go to the Korean barbecue, sometimes, you know, there's comes with like different namul, which is the Korean vegetable, usually blanching or raw. It's been like literally gently mixing with different type of the ganjang or denjang, which is the Korean soy sauce and Korean fermentation soybean paste. So it has like kind of depth and a little bit of the hint of the sesame oil flavor as well. But there are people usually eating by themselves. I sometimes put on the grill. And I grill it. And the flavor is like comes as more. And mm. then I'm eating with BBQ together. And I introduced uh, that kind of technique to some of the my friends who never tried that before. And then they're always like surprising. Oh, is it is it possible you can do that? But in Korean cuisine, there's no rule. You know, you can yeah. you can try. And if it tastes good, why not? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned for more from Kate. JP Park and me back in a sec. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? a tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out. I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, 
available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This sort of leads right into a question that we were going to ask you because there's just been so much discourse and chatter about the word authentic. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what you think about that. What do you Mm -hmm. think about the word authentic? What does it mean to you? Uh, I mean, the food is always in an organic way. They're kind of developing themselves, you know, like even the Hanshik, the current Hanshik is totally different compared to 100 years ago and 200 years ago of the Hanshik. And the Hanshik might be going to be totally changing after 100 years later. So, of course, authentic is like kind of, I guess, more kind of their own memory about Mm -hmm. thinking about their mom's cuisine or their grandma's cuisine and feel like that this is like my connection from the my young child memory and then that is feel like the more authentic more homey and more safe in that way but for example the gochugaru which is a chili powder in korea we using the gochugaru like almost every dish you know mm-hmm. we make the kimchi with it we making stew with it we making the like gym with the fish as well so we using that gochugaru a lot in different way but actually, that gochugaru, the chili themselves, is actually importing to Korea maybe like 600 years ago. Before then, there's no chili was existed in Korea. And like Korea is like almost 5,000 years old history. But compared to that, like chili is maybe not authentic, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even the onions, uh, currently, <laughs> every Every single recipe probably using the onion a lot. But onion is importing almost like 100 years ago in that's Korea. That's all? Yeah, that's all. And, you know, some of this popular, like the tteokbokki or some kind of dish or pudetjige, which is an army soup or something. Uh, that one, probably my grandma haven't tasted when she was young, you know. No way. So that is like kind of new. Wow. You know, new, new thing. So... Like authentic is for me, it's a little bit like hard to say, you know, it's like kind of different view each person has it. Yeah, I think a lot about the word authentic, it is very specifically tied to people's memories of childhood. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so different for every person. You know, we were talking to a farmer the other day who was talking about his tomatoes and how he grows them to replicate the tomatoes that you would grow in your own garden, right? Because he sells to restaurants. He has like a fairly lucrative business selling to restaurants, but he really tries to make them taste like you would have grown them in your own garden. I mean, I think so much of food is tied up in nostalgia and mm-hmm. memory. Yeah, I mean, it's also that none of us can taste what food tasted like before we were alive. We have no idea. So our experiences <laughs> yeah, yeah. are all, you know, we tend to be self-righteous and, and well, I know what authentic is or whatever, but really, as you say, it just changes with every, really every generation, but certainly every century when the current memory has completely 
you know, there's no one alive who's older than 110. So mm-hmm. there's no one who knows what food tasted like 120 years ago, really. So, yeah, sure. I mean, of course, there are records. It's just not the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the one thing very, like, meaningful about this cookbook is we try to capture the what's the current hanshik is now. So maybe like 100 years later, maybe some of the researcher looked at this cookbook and then, oh, this is a... Early 2000, 2010-ish Korean food is like in this way. <laughs> They're kind of fine now, you know? I wonder if you would talk a little bit about your journey. You started cooking in, at Ledbury in London, and then you moved to Australia, mm-hmm. back to Korea, and now have landed in, in New York. Could you mm-hmm. talk a little about all of that? Yeah, so I born and raised in Korea, and before I entered the college, maybe I only travel Europe once and I don't have many experience in like international level. But I somehow I really into about the food. I really enjoying the spend time in the kitchen with my mom and also especially for the like special holiday season, we do all the families gathering. So I like the helping like my grandma and my mom and you know my cousin to in the kitchen and helping like clean some vegetable or something. So I really into about the kitchen stuff. And one day I told my parents, oh, I want to be the chef. But at that time in Korea, there's no word like the chef. You know? really? <laughs> but, yeah. And the being like cooking in the professional restaurant is like, maybe it's not really popular on that time, but now it's like really popular now. But so I went to college is, uh, major about the food science so not only about actual cooking it's more about nutrition and also chemistry in the food and i've been also learning about management about the restaurant and a little bit about the hotel management as well so it's like covering like a lot of things and i just want to know more about the cuisine themselves so i just searching and here and there and i found the lucrodung blue and the cia is the most popular cooking school so I was dreaming about, oh, I want to go to CIA one day. So I started studying like English a little bit and to, because uh, they require some TOEFL score. So I went, I, you know, I studied English a little bit and I luckily I have a chance to go to the Europe to exchange student. So I went to Europe and also I did the internship at the library. So it was, I think the second year or third year of the library. And Ledbury was uh, got some one Michelin star at the time. So they kind of looking for someone can helping about, you know, little prep. And so I'm, I feel like really lucky to be part of their team. And while I'm working at the Ledbury, I realized, oh, if I'm working with a really amazing team and the chef, I think I don't need to go to the school again. I want to working in the professional field and then growing up at here. So I talked with a chef and then chef told me like the visa process to the UK is a little bit tricky. And then he, he is actually an Australian guy. And then he recommend me all oh, Australia oh. is uh, getting better and better. And then you can ease to get some visa to there. And then I can recommend some of the restaurants. So he just uh, recommended some of the place. I, I looked at it and it looks amazing. So I back to the Korea and graduate and then go to the Australia like right away. 
and then do the interview. And then I luckily joined the team with Andrew McConnell, which is an amazing chef based in the Melbourne and working with him for three years. But while I'm working at the, with Andrew McConnell, his restaurant is mostly kind of European based, you know, French, Italian, like a little bit of Spanish, you know. And so I really enjoy to learn about different culture and different techniques. But at the same time, I was thinking about what's going to be my future will be, you know. If I'm working with Andrew McConnell, if I'm working hard, I might become promoted as a sous chef or I might become promoted as a, maybe some as a management level. But I really know this kind of cuisine well or I, am I stronger than other colleagues? I'm working beside of them. And I was thinking myself, I was like questioning myself, is what is my weapon? compared to other, but make me shine and more. And I realized when I'm making the family meal to the team, sometimes I make the Korean food and they really enjoyed it. And they don't know about Korean food at all. And I feel like, oh, this is my thing. You know, this is the only thing that I know compared to other. So I might be need to be learn about this more and more. So I decided going back to the Korea and to know about Korean food and more. So I studying about the Korean food while in Korea and learning a little bit more. But at the same time, I want to work in more like fine dining, like restaurant. So I joined the restaurant called the Jeongsik in Korea, which is a two Michelin star restaurant now. And then he opened the restaurant Jeongsik in New York as well, in Tribeca about 12 years ago. So he asked me to join to Jeongsik in New York. So I moved to New York with him like 11 years ago to working with the Jeongsik. So I've been working at Jeongsik for three years in New York. And while I'm working at the Jeongsik in New York, I saw the potential of the Korean food growing up in New York dining scene. So I decided, oh, just open the restaurant in New York instead of the Korea. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so like one day when I back home, because I, I was planned to open the restaurant in Korea after working at Jeongsik in New York, maybe three years and go back to Korea and then open our restaurant with Elia in Korea. But suddenly we changing the mind. So we like kind of developing the idea. And then that's how Atoboy and Atomix start with it. So Atoboy has been seven years now. JP, your restaurants are so successful. Everybody loves them. Do you feel like, in general, that American, European diners come in and just enjoy themselves and enjoy the food? Or do you feel like that a lot of them take an interest in learning more about Korean cuisine? Do they ask questions? Oh, uh, I mean, it's. I think the first few years might be to some of the people is quite new culture. So, and also what I loved about the New York is people very open for the different culture and, and they want to learn about different culture a lot. So like, for example, the Aromix, we have the menu card, which is contained uh, some little bit of the older ingredient and also the story behind of the each dish. So I writing down the little essay of the each menu is can be like background of the, the dish themselves, or can be how I can develop in this dish, or how can enjoying the dish dish, or, you know, the kind of story is on the menu card. 
And people really like to reading that part. And then they're kind of learning through that. And then they're questioning some different things. So it's make me also want to learning more and more. So as much as the people showing that their interest about the Korean cuisine is I actually studying more about that too. So it's like organically like growing up. And now the Korean food, and it's not only about the food, because generally in culture of the Korea is uh, really popular, you know, about the K-pop and then the TV show and the movie. So everything is like comes out really well at the time. So people also same time making more interesting about Korea themselves and also about the food as well. So we are a very exciting moment for sure. Okay, so we have to ask our last question. What did you have for dinner last night? Oh, dinner for last night. Yeah, actually, my parents is in town now. Uh, so, yeah, they came last time, like, four years ago, pre-COVID. And then they finally came made this time again. So I spent the dinner, I spent time the dinner with my parents at a restaurant called Muno. So Muno is a new restaurant. It's from the chefs of the Chua. So Chua is also like oh, yeah. pretty much like new restaurant. Yeah, opened three years ago and they got the one Michelin star. And the chef owner, Ho Young Kim, is a good friend of mine. I work with him, the Jungsik in Korea and New York together. So we kind of really good friend each other. So I want to supporting him at the same time. My parents has been in New York for almost like 10 days now. So they kind of like missing some Korean food. So I want to bring them to Korean <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. So and we had a really amazing time at the Muno and they took care of us really well. So did your parents like it? Yeah. Yeah. They love it. They loved it. Yeah. Well, okay, JP. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> nice <laughs> thumbs up. Thank you. Thank you, JP. We'll see you. Okay, thank you so much. Bye. 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 Many thanks to JP Park for joining me and Kate today. We are fans, as by now you know well. Follow him on Instagram at J-P-A-R-K-A-T-O. Get your copy of the Korean cookbook wherever you like to buy books. Thanks also to my co-host and producer, Kate Bittman, and to our engineer, Davis Lloyd, Thank you for listening. Remember to check us out at BitmanProject.com. And we will see you next week when we will have somebody amazing. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.